0: You get to like halfway through Mark and you're like, what's the point? And you, you, you put the book down and you never really go back to it. Turns out the, the book was a dud, right? Well, today, as we talk about our story, as we continue in this discussion that we've been in about writing our story, we all need to be keenly aware of our own ability to write a dud of a story. Amen. Come on, someone say amen. To write a story that's full of uh, you know, interesting places that we've we visited, full of wonderful uh, events that we've attended, full of you know, costly goods that, that we've accumulated, yet completely absent of purpose. You see, one day we're going to breathe our last breath. I know no one likes to think about that, you know, you, 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 you come to church, you're like, don't tell me about that, man. But we need, to, we need to realize that we, this ain't it. You know, sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but it's not bad news because there's a better place that we're going. Amen. So we need to realize and think of it through eternal eyes. But one day we'll breathe our last breath and we will die. And all the trappings of this life will die with us. And all that's left, all that really matters. You see... The big idea is something very simple, but we need to to understand it. Our story outlives this life. Simple, not profound. Your story, my story, outlives this life. Say it with me. Our story outlives this life. One more time. Our story outlives this life. It's like skipping a stone across a a, a lake with calm waters, right? That stone makes ripples, and so does our life the way we live our life, the way we write our story, it ripples in the, in the waters of eternity. And here's the thing. The only thing that matters here are the things that matter there. Lord, I thank you as we come before you. God, you just deal with us. God, love on us. Stir our hearts, convict us. Mess with our ideology. God, do whatever you need to do. We just want to be more like you. We want to be on mission. And whatever that takes, do your work. I wish it was easier, but oftentimes it's not. Do your work to make us more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're in our third week of clarifying what our story here at the gathering looks like, right? God gives us a unique story to write. What does that look like? Well, we've talked about family, week one. Authenticity, week two. And now we're on mission. We're a family of God authentically living out the mission of God. So what's the mission? mission? Our mission is simple, to help people find and follow Jesus. We're not trying to be creative. We're not trying to be cool. We're not trying to be the latest and greatest. We're just trying to do this, okay? Help people find and follow Jesus. So how do we do that? Because everyone can say, I got a mission. And your mission statement is only as good as your ability to live it out, Right? We can, all, we can talk and help each other feel warm and fuzzy, but look, how do we live it out? How do we really, when the rubber meets the road, how do we live our mission out? Number one, we help people find Jesus by living our faith outside our walls. We live our faith outside our walls. Acts 1.8, Jesus says in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Do you catch that? You will be my witnesses at a church service. Nope. You will be witnesses at a church potluck. Nope, not that area You will be witnesses with your church friends. No. He said get out in the world and be witnesses cage, sees a bird that flies and thinks the bird's sick. I'm going to let you think about that for a second. You see, many of us, we grew up in the secure confines of the church. That nice, warm, safe, comfortable little nest, and God's saying, it's time to fly. It's time to take the church where the church was always meant to be, outside the walls, in the streets, in the stores, in the universities. Oh, there we go. We need the universities. Thank you, Jesus. Right? But get it out into the world instead of expecting the world to come to us. It's like Truman. God wants us to come to the realization that there's a world waiting for us outside the walls. Good mind picture, isn't it? It's like, if we're honest, you know, the church and to some degree ourselves, well, heck, I'll use me. I'll, I'm not going to be, hide, be some, hide behind some biblical figure or have some religious spirit. I'll just say me. How about, how about that? Uh, I've hidden safely behind these walls. And it's in these walls that sometimes we find identity, we find worth base. We need a home base, right? But it was never meant to be the final resting place for our faith, people. we got to get out. we got to break out of the walls and take Jesus to a world that needs hope. I mean, Jesus left his cage, right? John chapter 1, verse 14. He took on flesh. We sang about it earlier. You know, he, he, he took on flesh. He lived. He died. All to redeem mankind. He left his cage. Why wouldn't we think we're supposed to leave ours? Let me give you some missional theology. We say that the church has a mission, when in actuality, it would be more appropriate to say the mission of God to redeem humanity has a church. Like, we are God's plan for redeeming humanity. Isn't that cool? Like, we're part of that plan. That's our mission. We are the vehicle through which humanity is redeemed. Now, he does the work. He does the saving, but he chooses people like us to do it. Man, but what we do is we sit in the church, and we're like, Lord, Lord, bring him in. I'm going to pray him into the kingdom, and and listen, you should be praying for people, man. We pray, 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 pray all the time. Pray him in, But, but there are times when God says, yes, pray for them, Let's get off our bus and get out into the world. Break free from the walls and take Jesus to people. Because the reality is, some people, whether we like it or not, may never set foot in here. I'm praying, Lord, bring them to, bring them to 14795 West Mountain View Boulevard. Bring them in, Lord. Bring them in, Jesus. And when they're and when you get them here, I'll be waiting right here. My butt will be right in that seat right there, waiting for them to come into the kingdom of God. God says, go. God's ascending God. Read the Bible. He sends people out all the time. We sing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Well, too bad it only shines here. It's meant to shine externally. You know, we, th- we, th- we think of our light as like a little candle. And God's like, whoa, I never said that. It's, think of it as a stick of dynamite. Or some C4, man. This explodes outward and affects a community and then affects a world. You know, we talk about the, when the Spirit of the Lord is here, the atmosphere. Is here. Man, when people begin to be filled with that God's presence and, and begin to explode externally, watch what happens to this community. Wait and see. Someone say amen. amen. Y'all need to have some life in you tonight. Uh, I love you, but man, don't give your best worship to, to, to football and NASCAR, and whatever else, come in here and give God credit about this. We're the hope of the world. We bear the light of Christ in us, and if we can't get fired up about this, oh boy, who's going to do it? We're the vehicle. The mission of God has us. You know, sorry God that I've let you down at times, but I ain't going to let you down today. You know we got to get fired up about this we got to be serious about mission if we're talking about mission and we can't even clap or get into the message about mission we're in trouble oh I know how that offends you it's not what you want to hear but I'm just going to be obvious captain obvious here man like we got to be fired up we got to be serious we got to be committed to this mission or the world's in trouble and you know what God will use someone else let's not think we're too valuable we ain't got it all figured out. God will use somebody. God will find a faithful man or woman who is fired up and says, you know what? I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to lay down whatever I have to lay down. He will, he will find someone, and he will send them out. And I pray that it's the gathering. I pray that it's us. You see, we talk about here at the gather, gathering, we gather for the purpose of scattering. We gather to scatter. This, this, this is not a, 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 a landing zone or landing strip where you come in. It's a launch pad where we launch people each and every week into missional community, into, into being a witness for Jesus Christ, into where you work at the city, Dave. I love other people in HVAC back there. Sorry, Mark. That was not a plug. for, for I neither confirm or deny their quality, although I'm told it's very good. But wherever you work, Wherever you go, whatever you do, man. Like that's the church. Take the church to the people. This is your seat is supposed to be a fueling station to fuel the rocket. It's, it's supposed to you intake fuel art not expel fuel, okay? Got it. <laughs> do not go in there. But we gather for the purpose of scattering. So you say, but yeah, but where? Where do we scatter? What Jesus told us in Acts 1.8. He says, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. There it is. J- Jerusalem would be like, surprise. Judea would be like Arizona. Samaria could be compared to the United States. And the ends of the earth were to the, to the world, right? But you notice he listed Jerusalem first. What's he saying? I believe he's saying cross your street before you cross your border. Now, listen, I believe in mission work. I believe we've got a lot of work to do overseas and all that stuff. So I'm not minimizing that. But there's a pecking order. He, he, Jesus, he's a, he's a smart guy. Okay. He listed Jerusalem first for a reason. And so what I believe he's telling us today is be a witness first in Jerusalem, underneath this community. Figure it out. I don't have all the answers, but God does. And if we keep him first and we seek first the kingdom of God, he's going he's to show up in a mighty way. And he already has, but I believe we've just, he, we've just seen a glimpse of what he's about to do. Now, and some of you say, well, wait a second. I've lived in surprise for quite some time. I don't see a need in surprise. Wrong. Let me just say, that is flat out wrong. Let, 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 here's, here's a little research from the Barna Group. Here are the least churched cities. The least church cities. Yeah, congratulations. We're number nine on the list. That's awesome. Look at that. And look at how close we are to Las Vegas. Everyone bags on Las Vegas. (laughs) We're far behind Las Vegas, people. 49%, about half of Phoenix is unchurched. And the other half that goes to church, the statistics are rather alarming on church attendance. It's actually pretty pathetic, church attendance. Let's just call it like it is. And those are the people that claim to be Christians. And not that all of our faith is lived out. In, in church, but we should attend church. We have a need. Surprise is supposed to grow over a hundred thousand people in the next 10 years, according to the, the data you can find on the city's website. The USA today did an article recently and our community, our surrounding friends, there's not enough seats in currently in the churches in this in this uh, in this city. Like there's not enough. Even if if revival struck there wouldn't be enough seats already, let alone all the growth that's coming up. I mean, we've been doing this for five months, and we're almost out of seats. I mean, we just started, a- a- and look what God's doing. He's awakening the community, man. He's awakening us. The, many of us, we've been asleep at the wheel, and we're waking up, and we're waking up to, 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 to God's goodness, man, to, to what he's teaching us about how to be men of God and women women of integrity and how to lead our families. Man, he's doing great things. They're, this is the, if you, it's like the, when, it, when it rains, right? You can smell, you know, right before it rains. It's like th- there's an aroma. God's doing something. And you stay tuned because he's awakening our city. And I believe he's going to use the gathering to help do it. Yeah. You say, well, there's no need in surprise. Listen, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but you know me. There is a homeless man living in the dumpster in our church parking lot. Yeah. I measured it. I brought my laser today. It's about 74 feet from our building, from where our butts sit right now. The dumpster in the sky is made like a little Taj Mahal with cardboard boxes. And people from our church, we've been bringing them food and water and different things. You know, there's some new laws in, in, uh, in the city that have tried to remove, you know, the homeless folks and take them. I don't know all, all the details, but I know people need Jesus. And I know the Bible says to, 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 to feed people who are hungry, clothe them, help them, love them. And for, I believe God allowed that to teach us something. We ain't got to walk very far to help a brother out. He lives in the dumpster in our parking lot. city worker who goes to this church, Chris, told me that there's a huge heroin problem down in Old Town Surprise, at Bicentennial Park and Gaines Park. He says uh, these, these homeless folks are just shooting up, and, and they don't even care. Like, like the city workers and the cops come around, and is what I'm told, and they're just shooting up right in front of people. Like don't, they just... That's just what it is. Don't tell me we don't have a problem. Don't tell me we don't have a need in our Jerusalem because we do. But here's the cool thing. I love being a part of a family who's a family on mission. And I, and I got a lot of examples. This week of what God's speaker, okay? I'm not Chris Farley up here trying to get people excited, okay? <laughs> no, no. I'm serious. I, I, I am on fire. I'm fired up to be part of a family where people are actually living what I'm talking about. Gary this week, he was at softball, slow pitch softball, Pastor Gary. And he struck out three times. Amen. How are you going to strike out three times in slow pitch? Huh? Oh, you, you, you foul balled it? Oh, you hit it. I couldn't make it the first in time. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, so he's there and you think, well, he struck out, right? But not really. Because sitting to his left is a young man he invited to church who he met there, who's been in town for 2 weeks from Florida, who moved here. His name is Zach. And Zach, we welcome you. God bless you, brother. And and if the world might call that a strikeout. I'll call that a home run, brother. We got Rick who, who in the, was selling a backyard. He, he sells backyards. Well, he sold somebody Jesus while he was in the backyard. You know, sometimes you think you're there for a backyard. He ain't for, for a backyard. He gave him Jesus and invited him to church. I don't know if he's at church, but he, he invited him and said he was coming. Mike went to the car wash this past week. And instead someone did Jesus Christ at the car wash this past week. Can we celebrate that? At the car wash. Man, we're having church at the car wash, people. <laughs> Rick and Sarah, a little while back, they went to a dealership and they went to, uh, to buy a car. They ended up not buying the car, but they ended up holding hands and praying with the salesman, you know, being an example, being a light for Christ. The misfits. Oh, the misfits. They, they are, where you at, misfits? The misfits are, ch- yeah, Juan, stand up. This is Juan. Juan leads the misfits. And I love the name, by the way. They go, the misfits, if you want something to do on a Saturday, say, I want to be missional for Jesus. Okay. You're without excuse because the misfits, they go every Saturday, every Saturday, they go into Phoenix. Sometimes they go into Surprise and they go in and they bring food. We make them those burritos, right? I heard you make a mean burrito. Yeah. They bring them burritos. They bring them food. They bring them water. When Juan's car shows up, they know his car. They start running to his car. Today, it was raining, so y'all made them ponchos out of garbage bags, right? I mean, you, they're loving on people each and every day. They're meeting, them. they're being the hands. Everyone talks about being the hands and the feet of Jesus, but man, they're doing it. Praise God for them. <laughs> Woo. Scatter event. We did a scatter event, and we're going to do more, but we did a scatter event where we helped meet a need in our local kids. And I. Uh, Pastor Dave was a big part of that. We got some people who really stepped up, and we got a lot more stuff coming. So we're excited about that. We got some foster care initiatives I can't yet talk about, but uh, our our, uh, missions director is working on that, and uh, that's going to be exciting to, to get involved with these foster kids we got 16 family circles that meet in homes, and they don't just meet in homes. Man, they do life together. They're meeting needs. They're giving, they're loving, they're serving each other. Kind of like if you read the book of Acts, where they were meeting the needs of the people. That, many of the needs that get met in this church aren't through a benevolent ministry. It's through our family circles who hear about a need, and they step up, and they're like, I can fix that. I can do that. I can help with that each and every day. And check this out. This last week, I heard this through the grapevine. No one came and told me. I actually heard this through the grapevine. that We had a group of people that went out, and, uh, and, and someone sent me some pictures. We can go ahead and put those pictures up. There was a house that, uh, at which a 79-year-old man lived, and there was storm damage. He had four citations from the city of Surprise. And so people from our church went out there, and they joined with the city of Surprise and spent all day, Loving on these people, re- removing all this, these trees and stumps and, and all this debris from the storm. And I just, I, I can't help but think, now what are those people from Surprise in the city? You know, as they go back to, to their job, maybe some of those people have been burned by churches, right? Join the crowd. But I wonder what they say. I wonder what they say. You know, like, man, there's something different there. there there's something because they really live what they believe. They take the church out side the walls. And then one more, one more example, a couple weeks ago, I, I got to do a celebration of life. Check this out. I got invo- invited, most of these people that were there weren't Christians, and they did the celebration of life at booties, wings, and beer. Yeah. And, and, and they're like, you know, pastor, would you, would you come in there and do, I said, yeah, oh yeah, of course I'll come in there. I went in there, and most of them were drinking, and some of them are three sheets to the wind. But you know what? I gave him Jesus, man. I told him about this girl named Joe. Yeah, the girl who died, the girl who passed away, her name was Joe. And she, 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 she was a believer. And her mom was there from England. She was a believer. There weren't a whole lot of believers. But you know what? I believe there was more believers when we left. And, 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 and you know, some of the legalists say, oh, you went to a bar. Look, Luke 734, they called Jesus a drunkard. That's what they said about our Lord. You know why? Because he hung around with broken people. He hung around with with prostitutes. He hung around with with, with tax collectors and and lepers, the people that our society would be like, "Eh." man, I hope that's our heart. I hope we're not a bunch of religious legalists running around trying to disqualify people out out of our club, out of our little social clique. Uh Uh-uh, not here. You are welcome. We we welcome your mess. God's going to work on the mess, and we're going (laughs) to help you. But we love messy people. We need to take the church. We need to live our faith outside the walls. And number two, the way we follow Christ is we make disciples. We make (coughs) disciples. Matthew 28, verse 19, therefore, Jesus said, go and make converts. Nope, didn't say converts. He said, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit finding Jesus is incredibly important because you can't be a follower of Jesus if you haven't first found Jesus. So finding Jesus is important. Not minimizing that. But what I'm saying is the tough part is following Jesus. Billy Graham said it best. He said, salvation is free, but discipleship costs everything we have. You want to follow Jesus? You really want to follow Jesus? Don't say, don't, don't, don't say yes. Unless you mean it. Don't say amen right now unless you mean it. Trust me, I know God will test you. Oh, buddy. He took me behind a woodshed. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, God's not looking for for, for fans. Oh, I love Jesus, little baby Jesus. And like Easter Bunny Jesus, right? Man, he says, you want to follow me? Yeah, there's a There's a cost. How many know that that you can accept Christ as Savior and you can even go to church and you cannot be a follower of Jesus? Yep, it's true. Here's an interesting fact. Early Christians weren't called Christians. They were called disciples. Uh, You would think of it like a modern term, apprentice. They would attach themselves to a teacher. They would learn from that teacher. They would train under that teacher, and then they would be sent out by that teacher to go make disciples. Turns out a disciple is a discipler. Follow me? We're always being sent out. We're always reproducing ourselves through other people. That's the plan. It's not to come in here and play church and have a click. It's to be fired up, encouraged, right, and then sent out. And God says, go make a disciple. Go be a disciple, and then you'll make a disciple but we have to be dedicated to the, to the mission. You see, we've watered down the term Christian so much. We've category, c- categorized the, the, the term Christian, right? Like we got Christian music, Christian tattoos. Ooh, someone hated that one. Oh, my goodness. Here's the thing. There's no such thing as a Christian book because a book doesn't have a soul. Only a person who gives volitionally gives his soul to Jesus can be considered a Christian. There's no such thing as Christian music. There's no such thing as a Christian book. The book can have content that discusses Christianity and what we're all about, but we just throw that term around so loosely. Here's here's what I'm trying to get at. is discipleship is costly. This is what Jesus said in, in, in Matthew 16. He said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Like, who wants to do that? Yeah. We don't want to do that. I mean, it doesn't exactly come natural. You don't wake up, you know, Mac, and say, "I, I you know, I, I just I want to follow Jesus today. No, it's totally counterintuitive. It's totally against our flesh. It takes some great intentionality to do that. I mean, Jesus' disciples, man, they left some good jobs. They had a fishing business. They were, you know, tax collectors. You can say what you want about tax collecting, but it was a pretty lucrative business. They left some good jobs. It cost them some stuff. Oh, and by the way, all 12 of those guys, minus two, died. They were martyred for their faith. Remember, all except for Judas and John. They were killed. And, and you know how they were killed? Pretty gruesome. crucifix. <laughs> and we whine because the music's too loud. Have we lost our minds, church? Or because somebody took my seat that I like to sit in. Or, be, or, or somebody was rude in the lobby. You know, I love. We got one girl here. I don't know where she's at, and she might not raise her hand. She might be embarrassed, but she wears earplugs. And I'm not gonna single you out. Would you stand up real quick? She's not gonna stand up. She can't hear you. Oh, she can't hear you. That's good. Man, it's awesome. She, She she's not gonna stand up. She's embarrassed, but she should. Oh, there you are. Stand up. You know what? I, yeah, we should clap for her. Yeah, we should. Because instead of whining about the music, she's like, you know what? It might be too loud. And, and I know you, I think she has a medical condition too. But either way, that's not the point. The point is, she's not whining about the music. Here's the thing we need older people and we need younger people, right? And, and listen, as long as I'm here and, and the leadership is here, Pastor Dan and Pastor Gary. There's going to be diversity in this church. There's going to be old, there's going to be young, and all sorts of ethnicities, okay? Because that's healthy ecclesiology. That's a healthy church. If you read the Bible, that's, that's what it's supposed to be because we need to, right? So there's got to be balance in a church. And so I love that about you, the fact that, that you put those in there instead of complaining, you know? It's like, you're like, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. And if we keep that hard, guess who gets the glory? Jesus, right? But it's costly. I, we, we, we had this great, we had this great um, launch, right? We had a uh, couple weeks ago, two weeks ago. We had this awesome launch. Our team killed it, man. We, I've got the best, the best team, many of whom are volunteer, okay? And they are awesome at what they do because they're invested, because they care. We had this awesome launch. Yeah, amen. Yeah. We had this awesome launch, and, and you know, we're kind of, you know, we're sitting out there eating, and, and we're kind of tired. And then someone said to me, and, and she meant it in a good way, so I'm not bagging on her, but she said, you know, you know, I, I really think that uh, we should probably be recycling these, uh, these, these, these bottles, you know, be recycling. <sighs> and, and, and you know, she's probably right. We should probably be recycling, okay? And so it wasn't what she said, but I just thought to myself, if only we had a, a a burden for the lost souls like we have for plastic water bottles, if only we yearned to, to 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 renew lives like we yearned to renew that we had to save trees how 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 powerful our church would be and listen to me i'm there's not a knock against conservation man i, I we should take care of what God has given to us. I have no problem with what she said. But what I'm saying is, man, I just hope we have a passion for the lost and the broken and the hurting. And that we're willing to to, to lay down our lives. Because we are, most of us we already know Jesus. It ain't about us. We know Jesus. We gotta follow Jesus, but we gotta help others follow Jesus as well. And here's the deal. Let me just let me just be honest. Many people are unwilling to assume the cost that it takes to be a disciple. Okay, I'm just going to be honest. Okay, M- many people that you know and that you love and that may be in this room right now are flat out unwilling to assume the cost of following Jesus. And you know what? Nothing has changed in 2,000 years. Jesus de- dealt with the same folks. In John chapter 6, remember he fed the 5,000. He fed, with, with, you know, with five loaves and two fish, right? I mean, he was... He was like the rock star. He's like, look at this guy, right? All these people eat, and they're like, I'm following Jesus. I want to be part of that club, right? Well, if you keep reading in John chapter 6, you'll get down to verse 60, where it says the teaching was hard. It was hard teaching. And then you read, interesting, John 6, 6, 6. And check this out. Here's what it says. From this time, many of the disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Turned out, They were fans and not followers. And if it happened to Jesus, it's going to happen to us. There will be some that sadly will not finish the journey. They'll start. They'll be fired up. They'll be like, I love what the gathering's doing. Yahoo! They're gone. Well, I didn't know the teaching was going to be so hard. I thought we were just all loved each other. Yeah, we do love each other. And because we love each other, we tell each other the truth. Now, we do it in love. We don't beat each other up with the Bible. Uh Uh-uh. We do it in love, but when you love someone, when you love your I mean, any parent knows you love your kid, you tell them the truth. You help them. You teach them. You journey with them. And here's, what the, here's the response. The church's response is what we've done is we've watered down the message to preserve the crowd. You water it down, you preserve the crowd. That's how it works. And what we have done, the, 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 the unintended consequence, is we have produced Fans of Jesus rather than followers, little shallow fans who, whose root structure goes this deep. And therefore, when the wind of persecution comes, a little less wind, a little moderate wind comes. Whoop, they're unearthed, right? Because they went to church today because whoop, something happened and they're gone. I'm out. That teaching's too hard. I'll go to another church. And sadly, you can go to another church and you'll find plenty of teaching that's not hard. And 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 listen. There's some great churches in town that will preach the word of God. Praise God, we love them. I'm for them. We are for those churches. But I'm not for churches that water it down, because Jesus wasn't for churches who watered down. We pollute. We pervert His message. We treat Jesus like an unused gym membership. You forgot my keys, didn't you? You didn't think that was part of the part of the deal, did you? Nope. Anybody Anybody got a little keychain? With a little gym membership tag on it? You don't go to the gym? Oh, Feather goes to the gym. All right. Feather, you go to the library? You go to the library? Nice, man. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Booties, wings, and beer. I'm just kidding. Gold's, Gold's gym. Gold's gym. That's awesome. So what we do is we, we treat Jesus is a little bit like, a, like, like an unused gym membership. Like, you know, I'm a member at Gold's Gym, right? I mean, like I tithe to Gold's Gym is basically what it comes down to. Because some of it, we go to Gold, we, we're a member, like, we got salvation, but you never actually work out. You know, it helps us feel better about, you know, every month when we, you know, we got to do life with each other. God's looking, for, God's looking for people who are willing to sweat a little bit, who are willing to do a few curls maybe bench press, maybe a few push-ups, maybe a few sit-ups, right? That's what God's looking for. That's his church. And you say, well, how do I know if I'm a follower of Christ? How do I know if I'm a true disciple? Well, let's let Jesus define that. Luke 6, 40, Jesus said, everyone who is fully trained, there it is, everyone who's a disciple, will be like their teacher. In other words, are we like Jesus? You want to know if you're a disciple? I would ask, are you like Jesus? You say, well, what was he like? Well, we could define that in a lot of ways, but if I'd summed it up, I'd say he loved people. Do you look at people, do I look at people the way Jesus looked at them? Am am I burdened by people? Or am I burdened for people? Because like Jesus would see broken people and he wouldn't see the brokenness. I mean, he would see the soul behind the brokenness, and he saw the brokenness as, as something that needed to be dealt with, right? And that he, through relationship, he could deal with it. Through love, he could deal with it, right? That's what disciples do, man. Disciples love people. Disciples grow. A question, have you grown this last year? Well, question whether I'm a disciple. Let me give you some markers of a disciple. Let me just real quickly give some to you. Uh, number one, they would be committed to a church committed to a church right um pastor dan says it best he says you know family doesn't eat from two dinner tables which is great but then i was thinking about blended families and i thought man that might that might not hold up but uh but you see the point right like you got to be part of, a, of of a family of god where you're going to be where you're going to grow and listen we may not be the church for you there, god might be calling you to another church praise god as long as it's a, a, a church that teaches the word of God and they're serious about it and serious about living it, yay God. Like we're on their side. We love them. But commit to a church. And, and thank you for coming today when it was raining because people around here get funny when it rains. Yeah. And I'm like, man, y'all need to go and live in like Ohio or Michigan or Pennsylvania or somewhere, you know, yeah, somewhere out where it actually snows and where like, you, yeah, people, yeah. This whole thing about rain around here drives me nuts. Commit to a church. Attend that church. Number two, live in biblical community. Live in biblical community. That's God's plan. We're not supposed to do this alone. Sign up for a family circle. You can sign up afterwards. Live in accountability. We need that. I need that. All of us need that. That's God's plan. Three, give. Oh, come on. Don't be be cheap to God. God loves you, and he's going to use your giving in a powerful way. And by the way, You can't afford not to give. He's going to bless you in ways you couldn't imagine. So the dumbest thing you could do is not give. And don't think, it's oh, Pastor John wants our money. Man, grow up, okay? God, The kingdom of God was doing just fine before you and I, okay? And he'll do just fine without us, but we'll miss out on the blessing. It's for us. Giving's for us. God wants to bless us. And and fourth, serve. Do your part, man. This thing's growing, and it's growing fast it is growing fast and and we need help man like you know they say about 20% of, of the people do 80% of the work in churches we've been breaking every other stereotype about churches let's break that one too man let's be let's roll up our sleeves and be a family that does stuff together can we do that man. yeah and and so uh, the biggest need we have i shouldn't i shouldn't say this because we have a lot of ministries that need but i will say terry's looking you give me the stink eye i see it terry um, we do kids. We, we, uh, we need some teachers and we need some leaders. You can teach in there or you can be a leader, right? We kind of separate the two. And, and uh, so um, if you feel led to do that, and even if you don't feel led to do that, you feel, led, you feel led to serve, right? And sometimes you're in a position for a while and you're just serving there because God says to serve. Even if, you know, I'm like, yeah, everyone's called to the stage, right? The people in, in, that are going to get the eternal rewards are the people who probably never stood on the stage, who worked behind the scenes, man. Wait till we get to heaven, you'll see what I mean. Kids, uh, pastoral partners. We got people, uh, we have ministry for hospital visitation. We've got a meals ministry. Uh, we, we need family circle leaders. We've got 16 circles going right now, and so I would encourage you to join a circle, but you also might feel led to, to lead a circle. we got outreach and missions, man. we got big plans to do some cool stuff in this community, but our outreach, our missions director needs some help. And I believe God will uh, inspire some people to, to sign up today. Youth, we got junior high, high school. We're, we're starting a young adults ministry, man. We need people who are gifted in that area and feel like they wanna be a part of that. Oh, I saw that. I saw you elbow him right there. Did she just elbow you, Caden? Yeah, I saw it, bro. That's what I like about a smaller church. I can see y'all. I saw that, Nicole. That was awesome. Sounds like you're going to be signing up today. Let's see. We've got connections. We've got ushers greeters, car parkers, and, and, and safety. Can I brag on my car parkers real quick? We've got the best car parkers in the world. Where, where are they at? It's like no other church, man. This guy, Bob and his team, they, they take this so seriously. They love what God is doing in you and through you. Love it. Worship team, if you want if if you uh, feel like you have an, a, a ear ear to, to sing, you probably don't. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm I'm just kidding. That, you know, Lord forgive me. That was wrong. I was in the flesh right there. But you probably don't. Okay. No. Um, th- that's always the hardest thing because we get, we get everyone that wants to sing, and like so few people, you know, actually sing. <laughs> Oh, you sing. Oh, come on. Uh-oh, I'm going to see you afterwards, brother. Come on. Huh? Mm-hmm. So audio, lighting, prompting, production. There's a lot of things that you could, could do that we need to help. Uh, facilities, lastly, facilities. And facilities isn't last, trust me. You know, uh, We need people who can help. You know, We're not, we're not going to be the big church that pays everyone to do everything and get a bunch of professionals whose hearts aren't in it. Like, I want people who, who, are, who, who feel called and who want to invest and be a part of serving. So we need people to sign up for facilities big time. It's a huge, probably our second greatest need. Uh, and that's all part of being a disciple. You, you, you want to follow Jesus? Grab a mop. Right? Yeah, someone say amen. Like that's what it, that's yeah. That's how the kingdom of God is run by faithful and willing servant. Takes whatever I need to lay down. I'm following you. I'm serious about my faith. Man. As we close, let me just uh, let me just give you a thought about measuring our impact. I mean, come on, we all want to leave a mark, right? We're writing our story, and the truth is, none of us want to write a dud. We want our our life to have meaning. And sometimes our meeting gets lost. It gets wrapped up in our job and our status, right? And God's saying, man, that's not. That's what you do for a living. That's awesome. All work is honorable, but that's not your story. So how do we measure our story? Let me give you a thought. We can measure our impact through our absence. Someone once said, When my absence doesn't alter your life, then my presence has no meaning in it. I think about that for this church, for our family. Like, what if we close the doors? Tonight, what if tonight was the last service? We walk out those doors and the last one out locks it and we sell the building or they sell the building. Our lease expires. What what, what do we do? What would happen? Would anybody know? Would it even matter? It mattered for Zach, didn't it? It mattered for a guy who was buying a yard. It mattered for a struggling family of four. I don't know if they came tonight. I don't know if they'll ever come, but we sat in their backyard for two and a half hours. Me and Pastor Jeremy, our youth pastor. And we gave him the hope, Christ. We told him, it'll be okay. It mattered for a young man at the car wash last week who gave his life to Christ because somebody from the gathering told him about Jesus. It mattered for the 31 people who have come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior since we began this journey five months ago. It mattered to them. D.L. Moody was a poorly educated shoe salesman. And one day, his friend Henry Varley said this to him. He said, the world has yet to see what God will do with a man fully consecrated to him. Hmm. Moody would go on to be one of the greatest evangelists ever, leading thousands of people to faith in Christ all across Britain and America. Today, as we're in the beginning stages of writing be written, I would say to us today, that Surprise has yet to see what God will do with a church family fully devoted to Him. Amen. A church family who helps people find and follow Jesus. That's our mission, right? That's what we do, by taking the church to them, to reaching the lost by going on their turf like Gary did and so many have done this week through this church family. And also by making true disciples, not making fans, not making converts, not making people who are a mile wide and an inch deep, but people who are grounded in their faith and they won't be blown over and unearthed by every wind of false doctrine or... or persecution that comes their way man people who are solid and say you know what I've decided regardless of the cost whatever it means I've decided to follow Jesus I'm gonna sing that song in just a second but remember our story outlives this life your story my story outlives your life I suggest bow your heads just for a moment close your eyes just want to make sure, as we talk about a story, maybe someone today hasn't yet um, hasn't yet given their life to Christ, and, and you can do that right here right now. I'm not going to single you out, I promise. I'm not going to call you out. But with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you, if you came here today and you don't know Jesus, the Bible is really clear, man. like He wants to be with you. He left heaven, He died so that we could all be together. But the only way we can be there is by giving your life to Christ, by making Jesus your Lord and Savior. And you can do that right here, right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. It's between you and God. If you haven't given your life to Christ, you can do that right now. You can know that when you die, you're going to be with Jesus and all the saints forever, man. You can do that. If that's you and you want to make that decision, with every head bowed and eye closed, would you just raise your hand? Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Boldly raise your hand. Don't be afraid. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Yep, I see him. Amen. Anybody else? Praise God. Praise God. Okay, you can put your hands down. Thanks for your faithfulness. Let me just, I want to lead you in a prayer. I just want to lead you in a prayer. to you in my life. I can't do it without you and I wasn't meant to do it without you. And so today, I give you my heart. Once and for all, I lay down my life as I ask you, Jesus, to be my personal Lord and Savior. I belong to you, and I pray that you use my life for great things as I live in the power of your cross and I stand forgiven by your grace in Jesus name Amen can we celebrate six people coming to Christ today come on, praise God Woo. come on come on man if we can't get excited about new lives in the kingdom of God y'all are in the wrong church today Woo. Amen praise you God praise you God, praise you God stand, you know, stand to your feet we gotta celebrate, we gotta celebrate, and let's con- we're, gonna, we're gonna close with the song. Lindsay's gonna lead us in the song. I want you to sing this from the bottom of your hearts. And for some of you, it's more than a song. For some of you, this is a vow to God. You're gonna say, I have decided to follow Jesus. Don't sing that through repetition. Sing that from the bottom of your heart. Commit to following Jesus.